Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. God is good, amen? amen. Welcome to City Point this morning. And uh, you're in a good place, right? It's a good place. It's a good place to be in the presence of God, where we are going after God. If you haven't figured that out by now, this is, this is a place where we go after God. You know, not just uh, try to get in a, another service. Um, we all know what it is just to have church, but, you know, what we're after is to court the presence of God. Amen? And um, I think that's what makes the church unique, that you can go to a lot of different meetings and you have, every meeting has its purpose. You know, you, you go to uh, a Chamber of Commerce meeting and uh, they have a purpose, a city council meeting, they have a purpose, um, a board meeting, a family meeting. How many of you ever had it called your family together? We need to have a family meeting. You know, and usually that's when dad sits everybody down and says, who's been eating my potato chips? <laughs> and, uh, or something important like that. And, uh, but the church has this unique calling because, see, and, and the way I understand this is we're not here to just have a meeting and sing a couple songs and, and whatever, but we're actually here to, 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 carry, or I, I want to use this word and I want you to bear with me, uh, to entertain the presence of God. And when I say entertain, I'm not talking about like entertain how we think of like people who entertain or are entertainers or are, are like up there pretending they're something when they're not. But entertain means to, to, uh, to court and to and to uh, put your attention to something and put your, all your thoughts into that thing. So, you know, the, 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 at the root of that word is the idea that all your focus is on that thing. And our focus is on the Lord. Our focus has got to be on the Lord. Because how many of you know when you get your focus off the Lord, it introduces you to all kinds of chaos and confusion. Right. Because the moment you get your eyes off the Lord, you start seeing everything that, that, that is uh, usually the anti-Christ kind of thing. And I don't mean that just in a, you know, I just mean it's always opposed to Jesus. So here's the devil's trick in your life to get you, to get you thinking anything but Jesus. Anything. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care what it is as long as it's not on Jesus. As long as your heart isn't being drawn toward him. And, and face it, it gets uncomfortable. And how, how many know that sometimes it gets awkward when you're being brought into the presence of God? Because many times what happens in, our, in the presence of God is our, our emptiness is revealed. Our, our barrenness is, is, is shown. The, the areas where we're lacking in the presence of God who is holy, we see our unholiness. Are you with me? And so the whole purpose of, of the church is to, 
is to really realize that, that the church is made to be the house of God, the temple of the Lord. And the temple of the, what makes the temple of the Lord is the presence of God. And so we're here to host the presence of God. We're here to host the presence of God. We live a life that it should be hosting the presence of God. And so oftentimes what happens though is the enemy tries to intimidate you to away from the presence of God. He even tries to move the church away from the focus on the presence of God. He'll use distractions and diversions to get your attention off the presence of God. So if the band makes a mistake, your attention is, wow, this band, what's wrong with them today? See, immediately your focus has went off the Lord, and now you're looking at the, at the band or, you know, or the mistake, and all of a sudden now, then the enemy is, is moving in to try to remove you from an opportunity to really host the presence of God. It could be other things. Maybe you walk in here, and right before church, you just had a big fight with your wife. And so you come into the presence of God and now you're like, now the Holy Spirit's all over this place and you're like, and God's showing you your, your emptiness, your barrenness, your need and, and everything and, and it's really hard for you to get in it because you're, you're feeling condemned for what just happened in the parking lot. Can I tell you the solution to that? Drive separate cars. Amen. It works. So I want to just share. I wanna, can I get just, I just want to talk to you because I want to tell you something there that ever since we walked in this room, the enemy, the enemy was, the enemy was trying to distract people. Some of you come in with a cloud of confusion and chaos and, and the drunk monkey in your head has been whispering all kinds of lies and, and stuff to you and you have been, you've been beat up this week and maybe you even came in here just kind of dragging because faith and fear are at a battle and, and, and your faith got knocked down. And I want to tell you something, just because your faith got knocked down doesn't mean you've been knocked out. When the devil tells you that you're, you're not going to get this, you're not going to walk in this and why are you sad and why are you depressed and why are you cast down, oh soul? And if God was for you, wouldn't you have a different attitude? And all these lies and all this stuff, the monkey is whispering in your head. And then God comes along and he says, look, I want you to hear my voice. But in order to hear God's voice, something has to change. The atmosphere has to change because it's really, have you ever noticed, you ever walk in a room where there's a lot of people talking and, and there's just a lot of, lot of noise and you're trying to have a conversation and you can't even talk to the person next to you because of the noise in the room. And I want to tell you something, God walked you in here today to talk to you, but some of you are having a hard time hearing God for the noise in your head. See, 
what needs to happen is I walked in my house the other day. I could tell, you know, I've been, I've been walking in, uh, I've been walking in this same battle with you. You know, I go from great highs to, you know, that morning, that particular morning, we just had a, it was Thursday morning, we had a tremendous, I think it was Thursday morning or Friday morning, they're all good, they're all great, but had a tremendous presence of God that sat down. And all that day I went through different encounters and talking and counseling and and praying with people and, and felt like, you know, felt, I felt, you know, pretty good. And, and then I got home and I'm just trying to relax. It was a, like a, a long day and I'm just sitting in my chair and, and all of a sudden one of my dogs walks over and scratches at the door. That means I got to go out. And with our dogs, you know, when they say, I got to go out, you better let them out. That's just how they are. And I'm sitting there, and I had another dog on my lap. I'm just getting relaxed, you know, and it's been a good day, and I'm just thinking about the day and reflecting on the day, and the dog scratches again. And Terry, you know, here I am, this man of faith and power. And Terry goes, you're going to get off your butt and let that dog out? (laughs) See, my wife has a way of keeping me grounded. I've been dealing in the heavenlies, walking in high places, and I get home and my wife treats me like... (laughs) And I, I didn't like that. I didn't like what she said. And something rose up on the inside of me. And I said, I ain't getting up. <laughs> and it was a bad spirit. It was a bad spirit. I mean, I was like, I was not going to get up. Now think about how stupid this is. And Brookie just clams at the door again. I looked over at her. I looked. My chair is five feet from this door. And she was as much as 12 feet from the door. I wasn't getting up. Finally, she got up, let the dog out. When she shut the door, she did it in a way. I don't know how this I don't know how this works in your house. But this is how it works in our house sometimes. I got the, I listen, I've been married 43 years. I've been married 43 years. We hardly ever fight over big things. It's little things. You never stumble over big things. And I'm sitting there, and, 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 then, and then, then the Lord starts dealing with me. 
And I thought about the words of Peter in 1 Peter where he says, Husbands, learn how to live with your wives in all knowledge and understanding so your prayers not be hindered. See, because if you let things get out of hand and you let the enemy come in, you see, this wasn't, this wasn't about dogs. This wasn't about even being tired. This, was, this is how the enemy tries to come in and set an atmosphere in your life and in your own house. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, how dare she call me because she, you know, she called me lazy. And I'm a lot of things, but I'm not lazy. But I am stubborn. And I can be stupid. Like all of us men. Are you with me? And God's just dealing with me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, God, I don't like this. And then the whole night was like strained, and, and into the next day it was just strained, and it came to time, and I just, I just was act, I was, I took on the attitude like of a little child. And I, and I, and God convicted me. And I looked up at God, and I said, God, I don't like the atmosphere in this house. And so then I started praying in the name of Jesus that God would save my wife. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here, and so I just I heard the Lord tell me, Mike, if you don't like what's happening here, then change it. If you don't like the atmosphere, change it. Because you have the ability, you and I have the ability, because we host the presence of God, we are not victims of circumstances. We carry the presence of God. And when you walk into any situation, in any circumstance, you have the ability, the capability, the, the possibility to change any atmosphere, to change anything in the room. And when you come into a church, let me tell you something. The devil would love nothing more than to distract us because he would love to get church, church derailed and church distracted and church diverted and get it all up in all kinds of different things and people looking at people and people looking at stuff and people looking at your stuff and people judging you and people walking around thinking they're better than other people and he gets churches all focused on why they do this and why do they do that never looking up and saying God we're here today for you and we came in here to entertain you we came in here to host you we came came in here because there's needs here today. There's healings here today. There's deliverance here today that can only be released if God is able to move freely and able to use you because you are his instrument. And if you come in all bound up and all locked up, how can God move if he can't move through you? So if you don't like what's happening, change it. If you don't like what's going on in your world, change it. If you don't like what's happening in your life, change it. Because God gives you the ability by his power and his presence to speak to the mountain and say, get out of here. And the trouble is the mountains are talking to you. 
Your mountains are talking to you. Your mountains are telling you you're not going to make it. Your mountains are telling you you don't have enough, you aren't enough, you'll never be enough, you never were enough. And your mountains are telling you it is never going to change because you start talking to yourself and you think, why does this always happen to me? And then you become a person who has one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. Because what comes out of your mouth is every time I get right here that I can't seem to get the breakthrough. And the devil gives you all kinds of reasons why you can't break out. But you have to learn to get in agreement with God. And that because of what God has done in you, you have the power to speak to those things. And the prophetic that needs to come out of you is what's in alignment and agreement with the word of God. And when you speak in agreement with the word of God, you are setting your future. Because listen to me, you are living today in what you spoke yesterday. And you'll be living tomorrow in what you speak today. Pastor Mike, I can't, I can't seem to break out. Think about what you've been saying. Think about how you think about how you put yourself in those in those in those words and agreement because the power of life and death is in your tongue. See Jeremiah 29:11, we all can quote that. I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. But how many of God's plans go sidetracked or sideways because out of our mouth we curse the very thing that God is trying to do in us? And say, I don't have the power to do this. I never have been able to stay with it. I've never been able to see anything through. I've never been able to see the finish or the culmination or the fulfillment of anything. Every time I get right here, then it all goes to hell. And I'm telling you, when you keep speaking that and believing that, you are going to see the fulfillment of your own prophecy. So why not get a different word? Why not get an agreement with God and say, God, I've never been here before, but your promise is that if I will walk in obedience and yield to you and hear your voice, then you will make a way for me when there seems to be no way. And God, I'm going to walk into my promise. I'm going to walk into the thing you've spoken over me, and I want to keep your word. And so... So part of what I've been doing is I've been like getting the words that God has given me. And I've been logging them. Because it's been, you know, it's been a tough couple of weeks. God spoke over me, spoke over this house. He's spoken certain prophetic promises. And really, and the enemy tries to lie and tell me all kinds of reasons why this can't happen or why this won't happen. He tries to point to me and say, look, who do you think you are? He tries to put it on me like, you, you've never been able to see this through. You've never seen this. You've never walked in this. And what makes you think you'll do it now? But see, I did, I, 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 it's not about me. I don't think it really is about what I have, have said. It's what he has said. It's what he has decreed. Is what he has declared. And the problem with us is we get in agreement with the negativity so easy. I was reading this week about a pig, the Pygmalion effect. You ever heard of that? The Pygmalion effect? Pygmalion was a 
sculptor in Greek mythology. And it's, in, it's interesting, it's, this uh, poem is in the 10th book of Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, change. It's written by Ovid. A lot of useless information right there. <laughs> but here's the story. In this story, he, he takes ivory and creates a statue of the most beautiful woman that he can imagine. And so Pygmalion spends all of his time and effort and energy into this image, into this statue, into this vision, and it becomes this beautiful ivory sculpt. It's, it, there's, there's actually sculptures uh, of, that artists have done of this around the world, paintings. The, the Pygmalion effect has been studied in, for centuries. Because here's what happens in the mythology of it. He falls, he falls in love with his statue. Because listen to me, that's what happens. Whatever you build in your mind, you will fall in love with. Whether it's negative or, or good. You will love and serve whatever you build in your mind. And so as the story is told, Venus, the goddess Venus, has sympathy for Pygmalion. And he, or, and Venus, the goddess Venus, brings the statue to life. And thus, for centuries, we read and study and learn about the power of expectation, of self-fulfilling prophecy. Because whatever you love, you bring to life. And whatever comes to life dominates your life. Now Jesus, he taught this in a in, a, in, the, in the most powerful of principles because he said, he said that in a man, it's a man's thoughts that are the most powerful thing in a man's life. And so in his ministry, what Jesus went about is he went about showing that, that it's so important that you get your thoughts and your belief systems and everything in alignment with the only true reality. We sang about it this morning. You're my reality because Jesus is the only reality. And if whatever you've built in your mind, in your, in your life or your dream or your pursuit, you have fallen in love with and you will serve. And Jesus said, no man can serve two masters for he will love one and hate the other and hate one and love the other. He was saying, you got to get me in the center of this. You got to get me as your love, your, your, your pursuit, your perception. Everything has to be focused on me because when you focus on me, I'm going to bring everything in you alive. 
Everything gets, everything comes, you ever under, wonder why? How is, it, how is it that when I just turn my heart to Jesus, everything comes alive in me? You know why? Because Jesus gives you an expectation. You always live according to your expectation. Do you know what expectation is? Hope. Hope is expect. If you are out of hope, if you are feeling desperate today, if you're feeling hopeless, you are under spiritual attack. The enemy has come against you to remove your only hope and expectation. And he gets your eyes on all the other things and he's trying to bring alive something in you that's not from God. But Jesus wants to clear it away. You know what? One day there was this guy that was sick and he needed a miracle. And the Bible says he cried out to Jesus expecting to receive something. You know how it's got for some of y'all? You're in a hope-deferred situation. You've given up hope. You even come to church and you don't expect anything. I'm here to call life back in you today and say God wants you to return to your expectation that Jesus wants to be the very thing that you live for and that you love and everything that you're about. And when you look to him, he's going to bring back to life the very dreams and the very expectations that have died on the inside of you. And today I speak resurrection to your dreams. I speak new life to the things that the enemy has tried to kill in you. He's tried to destroy some of you. Some of you, you are grieving. I understand loss. I understand loss is a very real thing. Jesus understands loss. He understands death. He understands that we go through things that hurt. We go through things we can't figure out. He said this in John 12. He said, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. Dying is a tough process. Dying is tough when you get bad news, when you get things that done or things happen that you can't figure out, when you lose someone that's very close to you, or you lose a career that you had a hold of, or you lose something that was a dream, a birth, something God God, it did it you. And now it seems dead at your feet. But Jesus said when that corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it brings forth much fruit. I'm going to give you a principle here out of John 12, 25. And you need to jot this down. There's no notes today. But I'm praying you'll hear God's voice today. God wants to birth an expectation in every one of you today. But in the fulfillment of that vision, that expectation, that hope, it goes through a three-part process. First, he gives birth to the vision, birth to the hope, birth to the expectancy. See, the Holy Spirit is always going to get you pregnant. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is here to impregnate you with the promise of God. Some of you have got barren hearts because you have lost your hope. Today I prophesy into your life that you are impregnated. Listen to me. Every time you worship God, you get impregnated with an expectation. Y'all didn't understand a thing I said right there. So whenever you get into the presence of God, God bursts something in you. He bursts something in you. He bursts something in you because it's in the birth 
that life comes. But here's how God's process is so strange to us. After God gives birth to it, the plan is you have to die to it. See, there's the birth of the vision and then the death of the vision. Think about it. God told Abraham he was going to be the father of a nation. He birthed a vision in him. He got Abraham pregnant with a promise. Hello? 25 years he carried this pregnancy. Some of y'all think nine months is long. Abraham carried this promise for 25 years. And, 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 and then finally, finally the, the birth of this vision is carried out and Isaac is born. Hello? Then when Isaac is just a boy, Abraham is told by God, take, Ab- take Isaac, go up to this mountain, I'm going to show you, and there I want you to offer him. And Abraham, because he was a man of faith and promise and believed God's promise that he was the father, knew that was the seed, and he said, I don't know how God's going to do this, I don't understand it, I can't figure this out, I can't understand what God is doing, but he saddled up. The animals brought Isaac with the wood and the sacrifice and took him, built an altar, laid his son on the altar and raised the knife. Remember what happened? God stopped him and said, behold, you've proven, you passed the test. In the thicket was a ram. Abraham slew the ram. Isaac goes on to be the son of promise and the supernatural fulfillment of a vision that God gave a man Hello? Hello? I could go through this process with everything in the Bible. Moses tells, gives, God gives Moses the birth of a vision. I'm going to take my people into freedom. Moses leads the people out of Egypt. And then they get caught between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army. And there's the death of the vision. Why do you suppose it has to come to the end? Because it has to be fulfilled supernaturally. Moses cries out to God. God says, what is in your hand? He said, it's just a rod. He said, stretch forth your hand. And God supernaturally fulfilled the vision. Part of the sea, they crossed over on dry ground. Pharaoh and his army died in the sea. Are you with me? Jesus was the birth of a vision where God says, I want to save the world from its sin and from its bondage and from its death. And so Jesus is, Jesus is birth. And that birth of that vision, 33 and a half years. And at the end of 33 and a half years, his own people crucified him and put him in a grave, a borrowed grave, and put a stone over it and buried the promise of God, the birth of the vision and the death of the vision. But on the third day, day. 
See, some of you are, this is, the, this is where some of you are at. You're in that awkward, difficult time between the death of the vision and the supernatural fulfillment. And the enemy is trying to get your attention, get your focus, and trying to bring an atmosphere into your life of negativity where you'll say, yes, this is how it has always happened in my life. And so you, have, you, you, you are bringing to life the negativity because you keep seeing all the things that God is not doing or that God did not come through in. And today, God brought you here today to show you that you are in this time if you will just get your eyes on me, says the Lord. I'm doing a new thing, and I am going to bring forth what I have spoken in you, and I am going to bring it to pass, but you have got to break free from your negativity and your self-fulfilling prophecy that has brought to life all of this junk that has surrounded you with nothing but chaos and confusion. And today God blows the wind away, the smoke away, the fog away, and says, can you see me now? I want you to bow your heads with me. I feel like the Holy Spirit's just really talking to some people right now. Yeah, and I, I, I could just see. Yeah, I can just see it in this house this morning that you found yourself in agreement, in allegiance, falling in love with the, th the thing that you had dreaded the most. And today God is here to set you free from the captivity and, and your, all your focus that has been on what God is not doing <clears throat> changes right here, right now, today. I want you to think about the one thing God is doing. See, this is how God always brings breakthrough in a person's life. He doesn't bring your focus on the, on the negative. He doesn't draw your attention to what's not happening. He doesn't draw your attention to, to all the series of events that got you here. He brings you to this one place and says, where's your expectation? Where's your hope? Because if you can just believe me for this one thing, this one thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord, this one thing that will I seek after, this one thing I give myself to. Today I want you to see the one thing, Re rehearse and remind yourself the one thing Jesus has done for you. You can think of a hundred ways to Sunday of how you shouldn't even be here today. I shouldn't even be here today. I shouldn't even be here today, but because of God's love and mercy. He stopped me in my craziness and stopped me in my pursuit of foolishness, stopped me in my self-fulfilling prophecy and says, Mike, I want to change you and change everything around you. And I want to tell you something today. Some of you need to stand up right where you're at and say, I want, some, I want these things changed in my world. I want my life changed. I want, I want to be free. 
from all of this stuff. I want to change the atmosphere in me, around me. I got things going on at work. They need to be changed. I've been sent there to change the atmosphere. God, give me the ability to pray into it, believe into it, until this thing breaks, until this thing the enemy has brought into my family and my children. God, I'm going to pray and fast and seek your face until this thing breaks and this thing changes. I know, God, that you've given us power to tread on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We've been praying over our lost sons and daughters, and we've been claiming Isaiah 43, that our sons and daughters are coming from afar. What we're going to do is start getting the house ready. Start getting the house ready. Start speaking to those children about how nice it is to see them coming home, how wonderful God is and what God is doing. Stop releasing negative, self-fulfilling prophecies. If you keep doing this, you're going to die. Quit, Quit speaking that. Talk to them about life and life more abundantly and that you're coming home and you're coming to a life-changing experience with God. Quit speaking in agreement with the enemy's work and his plan. Why don't you stand with me? What is it that you need to change the atmosphere? Is it your marriage? Are you going to keep letting the enemy just run roughshod and keep, keep fulfilling the negative things as you keep? Yeah, that's how this works around here. No, change the atmosphere pray. You're not fighting against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Change the atmosphere by changing your own attitude and your own faith and your own words and your own prophecy. Come on. Come on. All right, everybody, would you put your hand on your heart? Put one hand on your heart. and With your other hand, get a hold of somebody in agreement. I just feel like God wants to release some people here. Fear. Fear is going. Fear is going. Confusion is going. Some of you are just flat confused. And it's time for your, 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 the clarity of the Holy Spirit to make things clear to you. No more chaos. No more confusion. No more no more no more strife no more war no more strife no more drama no more junk i'm coming out i'm coming out my family's coming out i'm coming out god into my promise in the name of jesus put your hand on your heart now i want you to prophesy over your own heart i want you to prophesy the word of god i want you to prophesy the will of god prophesy the promise of god over your heart and over your mind and over your life. Prophesy that I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to walk in victory and not defeat. I'm going to walk in love and not hate. I'm going to walk in peace and not strife. My future is bright. My hope is alive. My expectation is in you, O Lord. I do not cast away my confidence, which has great recompense of reward, O God. I am not going back. 
I'm going up. I'm going forward. I'm going in. I'm not going out, Lord God. Come on, speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Some of you need to just say it. When you say it, it's going to reverse some things. It's going to reverse some things. The power of life is being released as you say it. Say it. Say it. Come on, say this with me. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm not sick. I'm whole. I'm healed. I'm saved. I'm victorious. I'm in love. My life is blessed. My heart is full. My God is alive. And I am in Him. And He is in me. And I'm going to change my atmosphere, my circumstances, and everything in me in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout somebody. Shout somebody. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, Hallelujah. Hey, yes, Lord. God, I break the curse. I break the curse. I break the curse. And I release blessing and grace and power over your people, oh God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.